to you by Whisker Wear Apparel. Get your catfish on www.whiskerwearapparel.com. Now here are your hosts, Lyle Stokes, Chris Wallace, and Chuck Davidson. Alrighty everybody, welcome to Catfish Weekly episode 56. I'm going to make sure that I'm not screen sharing anymore, I don't think I am. All right, yeah. Tonight we're gonna we have with us a special guest. We have uh, Black Horse Custom Rods and Whisker Wear Apparel Junior Pro Staff Jacob Stitcher with us. Uh, welcome, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, we have, of course, Chuck Davidson, Lyle Stokes, myself, Chris Wallace, uh, Lyle the Unabomber Stokes there with his hood on. <laughs> Dude, we got eight inches of snow. It's near zero degrees. <laughs> I had to go break out the whisker wear so I could stay warm enough to do this show. There you go. If you believe that, I got some property you need to buy down in Florida <laughs> or somewhere. All right. Well, we we're gonna ha we're gonna talk with uh, Jacob tonight a little bit about his uh, his catfishing things like that, and then our topic of the night is uh, uh, winter preparedness. So being prepared for being out there in the winter time, either fishing or on the road to two fishing. Uh, just in general, um, but uh, thanks everybody for for watching us again tonight. And I'm gonna go ahead and kick it over to Lyle and let him get started with Jacob, and we can we can get him uh, dealt with, and then see if he still wants to <laughs> be on the show again some other time. But we'll get him done, and and we'll get on to the the topic after we're all done talking to him a little bit. So uh, go ahead and kick her off for us, Lyle. All right, buddy. Hey, Jacob, how's it going tonight? It's going pretty good. I'm just happy we didn't have school today. You didn't? No. You got some snow out there? Yeah, no, it was pretty cold outside. Yeah, we got some of that here, too. I took a trash out while ago and got my feet wet. I wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> I seen, uh, talked to you the other day, and uh, you guys had sent me some pictures on the Internet where you and Ray had been out and uh, you had some ice on the water. How'd that go for you? It it was kind of cool because, uh, uh, like, around here you don't really get to see it much. But but it was kind of annoying at the same time because you had to, you know, move all the stuff in, out of the way. I was sitting on the front of the boat with the boat hook pu pu pushing all the ice out the way. <laughs> yeah. You got to go out. That was the main thing. Did y'all catch any fish? No. No, not that day. Well, the time before you went out, you guys put some really nice fish in the boat. Oh yeah, it was that. It was definitely fun. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Now, you guys, uh, you won't have this ice very long out there where you're at, will you? Probably not. Yeah, it, you don't. Probably. You don't need it for extended periods of time. Yeah, probably like when all this, all the really cold stuff goes, it'll probably be all gone. Good. So you're ready to get back. You're ready to get back out there and go again? Yeah, definitely. I, I just want to put that, that new black horse ride on, on the boat. <laughs> well, your dad got you, mom and dad got you that uh, pin fathom reel. That ought to work out really good for you. How'd, uh, how's things going out there with uh, with catching bait and stuff like that, Jacob? Well, it all depends on the day. It's either 
it's either there's a lot of uh, like trash in the water, like bottles and stuff like that, or it's just clear and you don't catch anything. You sometimes you catch a lot, and sometimes you don't. Okay, but you you like still where you catch a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, are you having any problems getting bait at all? Are you always getting enough bait to fish with? Uh, it, it will take us a while, but we'll definitely get the fish. Okay. You 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 only using fresh bait. You don't have any froze bait of any kind. Every like when we went out to monsters, we had that frozen um shad, but we did get some skipjack from down there. But yeah. usually when we're up here. We'll catch fresh bait. You guys got an abundance of shad out there in your river, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Down yeah. there on the James, during springtime, you can go out there and catch some heron on a fishing rod. Just so, I mean, not heron, I'm shad. Yep, that's good. That's good. You, um, you guys, uh, I've seen videos of guys out there that's got little uh, RC boats and nets. Have you ever done any of that? Do what? That have RC gas-powered boats, the little bitty uh, remote-controlled boats, and they pull nets behind them. Did you ever try any of that? No. Never. It, I haven't seen that, but it sounds pretty interesting. Well, I thought if you was doing that, maybe you could gather me up a couple because we don't have any shed out here left. <laughs> I'd send you some Asian carp, though. Yeah, you can keep them. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, Jacob, I, listen, I, I'll talk to you a little bit later, but I want to let Chuck and Chris visit with you a little bit because I know they've got some questions for you. And, and thanks again for being on the show. Uh, Rob and I are so proud to have you on board with us. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm just It's just awesome doing all this stuff because not very many kids get to do this. That's right. And you need to make sure that you remind all of them to go catfishing. That way they got a shot at it too. Yeah. Okay, Chuck. What's going on, Jacob? What's up? <clears throat> um, yeah, a lot of these guys uh, that's watching the show and you know from all over the country, um, you know they they probably don't understand how big of a deal this is for y'all because uh, you know they called it an invasive species because it was stocked in the early seventies. Um, that's really a long time though. Your mom and dad. Uh, they probably wasn't even born yet when, when they were stocking the blue catfish in. So, you know, when your dad was young, um, he's probably always seen blue catfish in there. Um, yeah. And in your whole life, you know, you've seen blue catfish, and all of a sudden they just want to take them away from you. You knock them down to nothing. Um, you know, how how does that make you feel? What is that? Um, you know, that takes a lot away from you, don't it? Yeah, because we started out like catching like little fish from bluegill to bass and stuff like that. Then we got our little Lumacraft and we started going catfishing. We met Greg Aaron and all the people like that. And it's it's really fun, but other people they just they just don't under understand. Like I grew up doing that fishing. And then hunting and all that stuff, and when they just take it away, it just it just hits me. Um, uh, does have you mentioned this at your school? Does uh, other guys at the school know what's going on? Does any of your friends go catfishing and stuff like that in the uh, Potomac and the uh, 
you know, the, the rivers that's going to be affected by these uh, regulations that they're trying to pass? No, none of, none of the kids in my school go fishing. There's only like a, a certain few. Your friends helping out with this stuff, is there? Huh? You broke up, Chuck. There's not too much support um, having your friends help out with it because none of them uh, do the type of fishing and stuff that you do, correct? Yeah. Um, have you have you when you was out on the water? Have you seen these guys, um, you know, shocking these fish or trying to net them up or anything like you've been out there? No, not recently. That's good. That that'd be a bad sight to see. I don't even think I'd be able to handle it. Yeah. So, um, are y'all gonna be able to do a um, a lot of tournaments around there this year? Are y'all planning on hitting a pretty good bit? It, it all depends how the weather is, but if it's good weather, definitely, yeah. I heard that. Y'all going to be um, putting on some good shows this year. Them, them fish. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, maybe the new record will come out of there and it can be in y'all's boat. What What's the um, What's the record for y'all's new boat right now? Do you know? Mama and her, like, I think it's 60, 62 pounds. Uh oh, Mama got y'all beat, huh? Yeah. You gonna have to suck <laughs> it up, man. <laughs> you and Ray gonna have to suck it up. You can't, you can't let her beat you all the time now. No, it's it's lady luck. I have that uh, in my boat. <laughs> Mine too. Constantly. Um, you know, a lot of times when Leanne's not with me, I don't catch anything, and then I I, I make her go the next day so I can get fish in the boat. <laughs> Rena said 64, not 62. <laughs> get, get that right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like three feet from me. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, when you when you uh, start getting off uh, college age and you decide what college you're going to go to, are you going to try to start catfish clubs and stuff like that? Is that something you're going to be interested in? Oh yeah, definitely. It'll be really fun because there I have one friend that's in a wheelchair that I really want to take catfishing. That's great. It is good. All right, Chris, you got anything for him? Nope. Let's go in the show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, let everybody know how old you are for for, for starting off. I'm 13 years old. 13 years old. And you got a pro staff position with whisker wear apparel, black horse custom rods. You're out there catching some pretty good fish. Uh, what's your big fish so far? My big and the thing, the funny thing is, I even remember the decimal of it. It's 52.6 pounds. And that's a great fish. That is a great fish. Now, you take that picture to school and show off to your friends and everything. Like especially, you got your buddies that go bass fishing and and. Uh, bluegill fish, and you show it to some of them, what do they say? They, I like the muscles thing. He's like, why are you catching, trying to catch our bait fish? <laughs> and they say, oh, that's bass. That, that's I, like, I, I like to mess with people and tell them they're catching the bait fish, too. So trust me, that you, you'll always do that. That's, that's something that we do. <laughs> yeah. 
with my principal. He he goes fishing and every once in a while he'll catch a catfish. I like to mess with him because he one time he caught one that was like maybe five pounds. I said, "Why are you catching that? Just that's just a little dink." <laughs> <laughs> principal catches all the dinks for you. <laughs> yep. Maybe you got to take your principal out fishing, show him what a real fish is sometime too. Yeah, but Mr. Tower, my principal, he's a really good supporter with all this. All my teachers are, I think. That's good to hear. So would would you say that, I guess, when uh, you heard about the almost the eradication that they're trying to do right now, um, what was your first thought? What What did you think about that? I thought this was absolutely ridiculous. That's kind of the way we see it, you know. I mean, we we yeah. read that and it's absolutely. I mean, that's about a perfect way to describe it. Because if you know. think about it, there's a lot more fish in <coughs> than just um, blue catfish. That eat all the um, all the crabs and whatever the, else the people are whining about. Yeah, and and if you want our opinion, I don't think the you know the blue catfish is is much of a crab eater. Uh, I'm not saying it don't, but I'm just saying that that's not going to be the majority of its diet, um, if very much at all. I definitely think that anything where you have a, a, a trophy fishery and you're going to do an eradication of the species, especially like we've talked about before, an established species. Uh, Lyle and Chuck was just talking about it's been there since your your, your parents have been around and, and you know, it's been there for quite a long time now. It's definitely an established species. Um, they they really should be looking to you kids. And, and while there's not a ton of you right now, they have to look at the growth of the sport. And I think that you're, you're proof that it is growing, uh, you and Milan. And, and there's plenty of kids out there that are getting into catfishing and the sport. You know, we're doing what we can to help grow the sport. And that's a future resource that they're not giving – the youth an opportunity to defend, and they're not giving you a say or anything at all. And I really, uh, I feel bad that if they are to accomplish that, and you're not to have that, and you're going to be in a situation where, in order to do what you love, you're going to have to travel farther. Yeah. Because if you think about it, because anything that's bigger than the fish, an average fish, an average fish like around this big. It will probably eat some crabs or whatever, or like stripers and stuff like that. Stripers will eat them. And who else knows what's in that river that will eat crabs and whatever they want? Yep, it seems like a, a rush, a rush kind of job that that they they haven't they don't have near the research that they need, and it's and they're trying to get it done as quick as possible so that they get the least amount of resistance as possible. And I think that. Hopefully, uh, you know, there's going to be enough resistance that it can slow it down and maybe even get it stopped permanently. And we and we hope to help. And if there's anything that we can do to help, you know, people need to just let us know. What I think, if they they might think that they got all the catfish in the river, they may get close, but they will never be able to get every single catfish in that river. No, they'll never be able to. But I don't even want them to, to get close, you know. I... I 
I just see that as a complete and utter waste of money and resources and, and uh, almost throwing money in the trash for the state. I mean, they're, they they realize that they got a trophy fishery that could bring in a great amount of revenue if they establish the right sort of tournaments and things along the waters. Um, they can bring a lot of money in for their towns and economies and things along those bodies of water, and, you know, that's all free money. I mean, it's already there. It's in place. They don't have to do anything except for set a tournament up uh, or, or start advertising just the, you know, showing showing off, you know, like the DNR in the area could have someone like yourself holding up a 52-pound fish, and you know how many kids are going to be like, I want to go catch a 52-pound fish. That seems like a blast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, there's many more things that they could be using that money for, like schools or roads or libraries or whatever. There's plenty of other things instead of just focusing on one thing you're exactly right. There's lots of things that that they could be putting that money towards, other than, you know, the ex the extermination of a species in, in a waterway. Yeah. And 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 for you know unproven reasons, you know, they they think it's hurting a blue crab, you know, population or whatever it is, and it could be it could be the overharvest from commercial fishermen that's doing that. It could be a lot of different things. But uh. Getting off of the conservation subject a little bit, um, what what would you say out of out of all the bodies of water that you fish now? What, what's your favorite body of water to fish? Well, I I grew up on the Rappahannock, but I like going down to the James because I just love catching the shad and all that on the fishing rods. It's just so fun up there. I I would have to say. Either the James or, or the Rappahannock. Either now, one of them, too. What all places have you been to? We've been... We've been to the Potomac River. We've been to the James River, the Rappahannock River, and then we did like a little bit of small fish in the York River. And the Ohio River. You've been there. And we went to Smith Mountain Lake. That was actually... I love Smith Mountain Lake. The flathead fishing down there is just so fun. And you can do just about anything you want in, in there. You catch a flathead? Yeah. What size yeah, flathead we got in there? Just anything you can catch, basically. I mean, they got like 20-pound flathead, 50-pound flathead. What what were you? What would you think is all in there? In there? It was like 25 pounds, and plus we were there for what, a week? Yeah, we were there for a week. 25-pound flyhead's a good little flyhead, too. Yeah, and we were fishing at daytime, nighttime. We finally figured out what they wanted the most. It was, yeah, it was it was on bluegill and brim and all that. It was yeah. so all live. fun. Yeah. As soon as we would get there, <laughs> Dad would pull up, pull up close to the bank. We sit there with a worm and a bobber and just cast out. <laughs> that's uh, on the, with the on top of the cooler. That's you know my last vacation. That's all I did is I went out and bluegill fished or brim fished, as people call it, for the daytime. 
and you get them up and and pretty much flathead fish all night. That's that's my favorite bait for flathead fishing. I've never caught a flathead on cut bait for whatever reason. I'm just not lucky enough. I've only caught flathead on live bluegill. In one of the shops down there, they have they have like a wall of pictures and stuff like that. And there was this one. There's one flathead. I think it was like maybe. Or maybe like around 30 to close to 40 pounds. It was 50 pounds. 50 pounds, yeah. Good catfish or good flathead. The thing is, when you look at them, some of them may be short, but they're so fat. And yeah. they look like they would be maybe 20 pounds, but when you weigh them, they're close to 50. And you, and you know what's shocking to me, and it's something that I learned this year. Like I said, I just got done on on my vacation this last year. Use you know nonstop. That's all I did was flathead fish on the Ohio River. Was the thing that that shocked me the most was the size of bait that a catfish can take. Especially like I caught a bluegill that it was when the mayfly hatch was happening, and I was throwing uh, um, crickets under a bobber in the current on the Ohio River, and I was catching catfish and bluegill and, and, and uh, moon eye and all kinds of stuff. Well, I caught a I caught a bluegill that was just a monster bluegill. Um, and, I you know, I thought there'd ha it'd have to be a 20-something pound fish to take this bluegill. He was just so big. And the flathead that I caught with that bluegill was about 11 pounds. I mean, he was not very big at all, and he, and that that bluegill wasn't sticking out of his throat or nothing. I mean, he just inhaled it. So it really it opens your eyes to how how big a bait you can use, and then fish don't have to be as big as you think they have to be to, to eat a big old bait. We went we were fishing on the Potomac. I think this is the first report that I made for Lyle and Robin. Them we. We were fishing on the northern uh, northern Potomac, and I had caught a fish, and it had a gigantic shad in its mouth, not including the bait that we had sitting outside on the hook. When we reeled it in, the first thing you could see is just it's just its tail sticking out of its mouth. <laughs> it's it was the funniest thing ever. Then that little, after that we caught that little short 22 pound fish. The fish was like two foot long. The uh, the whole whisker wear and black horse pro staff position, the junior pro staff. What's your thoughts about getting onto that, and and what are you thinking about it? When I heard that they were they were thinking about um let me join in that, I thought it was. The coolest thing that ever happened to me, because you don't really get to see it that much. Usually, it's just for like maybe like a kid, a kid playing football or any kind of any kind of sport like that. Yeah, is it something that you hope that you'll be able to continue on with through a long time in your life, or do you think that you'll grow out of the catfishing and? No, I would never go out of uh, fishing. I tell you what, you did a good job with your report, and I think as long as you uh, remember to just stay a positive person and, and represent yourself well, especially at tournaments and things like that, be a good sport all the time, 
uh, even in winning and losing, you'll you know you you'll you'll be a, a great asset to both of their pro staffs. Yeah. But uh, I'm. I think I've answered or I've asked you a lot of questions. Uh, Lyle, did you have anything else for him? Well, I really don't. I, I talk to Jacob every once in a while, and and we stay in touch. And um, I, I send Milan messages once in a while, and I'm sure that Rob does. And we've been in contact with with Connor, and and we're working to get everything put together. These guys that that we involved in this are the future of our sport and and Rob and I talked about this and we welcome anybody that would be interested in joining this to, to, to promote these kids these are the kind of young people that we want uh, to to get out in front of everybody so they know what's going on down the road when the rest of us can't keep up the fight for regulations and doing things that are right for catfishing these are the people that we want and I am convinced uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Jacob and Milan and Connor and there's others. We're we're not saying we're stopping there, but with any any group like that, there has to be a, a slack time where we pick and choose to make sure that these are the people that we want. And there's a I had no idea there was as many young kids out there that would be interested in this. There is. We have got several uh, new resumes and stuff. And and my objective and goal uh, when we talked about this was I wanted guys that, that we could take it at 12, 13, 14 years old and and keep them and retain them as a part of us uh, throughout their childhood. And I think we've decided to cut the youth program off at 15, and that would allow others the opportunity to get in there. And, and then I want to take Jacob and Milan and Connor on from that point on and, and put them uh, to where the big guys are because I, I think as long as they're interested in it, not only will they do be good for catfishing and, and me and, and and Rob and stuff, but they will be the guys that carry on the fight and the battle for the advocates for catfishing and and uh, the conservation departments that I deal with. And somebody's going to have to do that, and we we want them to be the ones to do it because we know they're the right people for the job. I got I got some more for you. I got I got another question for you there, Jacob. And this one, your parents are probably going to want to kick me in the shin after I ask you this too. So, you've got you've got three years, and you're going to be 16 years old. <laughs> Do you think? Does that also include being a being a catfishing boy? You're going to get you a little truck and a little boat, maybe. We already got a little boat in the backyard already. Is, it, <laughs> is, that, is that already be, is it already got plans for? Huh? <laughs> I said, does that already have plans? Has it got your name on it? No. <laughs> Not yet. You got. You got to do some talking. You got three years to do some sweet talking. Then. Oh. Uh, he's he's hoping it don't sell. <laughs> now, Chris, you know, a lot of guys don't don't realize what goes into picking and choosing. Not only a uh, an outstanding young guy like Jacob, but uh, the other people, the adults in, in what we do, and um, I talked to Jacob's mom and dad before he ever knew anything about it, and I'm, I know that Rob did. Uh, I even talked to his school teachers, and um, to tell you the truth, Jacob is doing so good now that we're so proud that we've made a, an impact on him to put him in position to do better in school. Um, 
there's there's nothing better that that we could have done for him personally than improve what he was doing. And it wasn't that he's doing anything wrong or bad. It's just the reports I get that that it's it's helping him, which in turn helps all of us. And and uh, we're just so happy to have them kids on. And and uh, you know. Ten years from now, when when you and me and Chuck, we're just barely getting around, we're going to be looking for Milans and and Connors and Jacobs and people like that to do the Catfish Weekly Show and step up and be the ones that go to the State Department and say, hey, you're wrong about these regulations, and and uh, uh, we're looking for those. And now, um, uh, Jacob and Milan, I've known for for some time, and just like the world of them, Connor was recommended to me very highly by a man that believed that he should be in that position. Connor didn't know about it, his family didn't know about it, and um, afterwards I had I talked to Rob and, and we knew at that particular time that, that we needed to contact him. And that's how a lot of, of pro staffing goes, whether it be for kids or for adults. Uh, you know, we get the, I get thousands of people sending me stuff every year and a lot of them are good quality people. And hell, I get turned down by some uh, and a couple of them just about brought tears to my eyes because I never would have believed that they would have said no. And, and for some different reasons, you know, some of them are really close friends of mine. And, uh, you know, it hurts a little bit, hurts a little bit, but you have to understand that they have a position they're already set in and they want to do things, whether it be not be tied into one particular product or, or they're with a company that, that won't let them do things. And, and, uh, I want these kids to be with black horse rods as long as there is a black horse rods. I want to I want to help them do what their goal is because I feel that they are the ones that's going to be doing what we need done uh, 10, 15 years down the road when the rest of us not able to do it. Yep. All right, Jacob, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about specifically? Not right off the top of my head, but. It, it, the only thing I have to say, it was really fun doing all this, like getting set up and everything, like for Rob and Lyle and all that. It was just really fun and exciting. This is your second time on the show. You did this special with us in Owensboro, remember? It wasn't live, but it was recorded, so you've been on the show twice. <laughs> Mom's over there in the corner saying it was the first. Yeah, it wasn't live. It was recorded, so um, this is your first live, so yeah. you'll I be think, on again. Yeah, I think you did a great job. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show with us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and let you go, and we're going to move on to our subject of the night. Um, if anybody else has anything for him, you can go ahead now. If uh, Jacob, if you have anything you want to say, you can shoot it out there, too. All right. Nobody? All right. Well, thanks again, Jacob. Keep no on keeping, keeping them big cat, catfish in the boat. Get your catfish on. <laughs> Definitely, I will. All right, thanks man. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, no problem. I'll Good talk night. to y'all later. All right. All right. Now that that uh, right there is is um, one of the most feel good things that I believe I've ever been involved with. Uh, 
I talk to Jacob quite a bit, and and I send Milan messages uh, every once in a while, and and I know she's got some hard water up there where she's at right now, but the fishing will be good, and and um, you know I have a visit. I don't get to visit with Connor too much, but we're just getting started with Connor. That's all to come, and and um, uh, we get a chance. I'd like to bring Milan on here sometime if she if she's comfortable with it. I won't ask them to do anything if they're not comfortable with. But she, she's like Jacob. She's just the sweetest little thing you ever want to meet. And, and uh, you know, she is extremely knowledgeable about catching flatheads. I mean, this little girl put some giants in the boat, and, and uh, she's just a really good kid. And uh, I know Connor is, too, and I've talked to him on the phone. And, and uh, people, you know, if you have a company or you have a business or you feel that you need to get involved in something, worthwhile this is a project that's worthwhile to catfishing because these guys will carry on after the rest of us uh, are not able to and there's there's lots of ways that you could probably if you know you are a company and you feel like you want to add to those uh those junior pro staff you know you want to add your company to that list of whisker wear and black horse you could get a hold of lyle or or myself to get a hold of lyle or whatever and i'm sure that there's plenty of things that you could do to add uh, to their to their experience of the the pro staff thing, and that way you're contributing as well and and, and supporting it. Um, so Absolutely, and 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 we're we're going to get these jerseys done up. We're working on jerseys, and these kids will have jerseys on. And if you want your name on them jerseys, they can be put on there. Them kids will wear them so proudly. You have no idea how thrilled they are to be in this deal. And and uh, they're going to represent us as well as the, the adults do and probably grab the attention that some of us don't get just because they they they're, they're, they do what's right. I mean, they've not, they don't know any of the bad things. They know only thing they know is, is the good stuff. And, and Jacob and Milan and Connor, they've been raised up the correct way. They're polite and courteous and yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And, and uh, these are people that, that we are so proud of, and, and anybody would be that would be involved with this project. Yep. All right, so uh, on to the subject of the night. Um, before we get on to that, though, uh, I've been sick this week a little bit. I didn't really get a great thing planned for the giveaway, so I think what I'm going to do, if Lyle and, and Chuck is okay with it, I think... Uh, for the giveaway this week, the surprise giveaway, um, somebody that posts on, this whole next week, somebody who posts a picture of their kid, doesn't matter, their kid, you know, catching fish on the Catfish Weekly Facebook page, I'm going to enter them in and we'll we'll have them drawn next week for like a hoodie, a hoodie for the kid. We'll give a, a child, childhood, you know, a kid size hoodie or whatever. So post a picture of your kids catching a fish on the Catfish Weekly Facebook page. You guys good with that? Yes. Sounds good to me. All right. Post a, post a picture of your, your child catching a fish on Catfish Weekly Facebook page, uh, and I'll enter you into the contest to get your kid a, a Catfish uh, a Whisker Wear Apparel uh, hoodie. So... That's all you got to do next week. I'll I'll put all everybody who's done it. I'll put them in the randomizer. If you're a uh, if you're a super fan, I'll give you the double entries, and we'll do that, and we'll get that we'll get that uh, done next week. But uh, moving on to the subject for winter preparedness. 
Chuck, you want to start us off on that? Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to be talking uh, tournaments, um, just regular recreational fishing, uh, traveling to tournaments, and all that good stuff, correct? All the above, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Can just, you can just hit a certain area if you want and whatever you feel. Hey, yeah. guys, right quick before we get to it, before I forget it, Phil Brown from Brown's Catfishing sent me a message on Facebook. He said, tell everybody he's moving, and it'll be a week or so before he gets back on there, but he wants everybody to know that he hasn't disbanded us, and he will return. <laughs> All right. And Rena, Rena says that Jacob says thanks to us. He enjoyed it. We enjoyed him as well, so thanks to him as well. And Rob and Robin Lyle, you know, from from myself, you know, thank you to you guys for doing what you're doing for for the junior pro staff thing, and I, I appreciate it, and I know the kids do. But go ahead, Chuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first thing I'd like to start with is uh, the boat. Um, the boat I've got. When I made the decision to get this one, um. You know, I didn't really have winter in mind. I, I bought a center console. Um, the the console hardly breaks any wind at all. Um, so so people who um, are out thinking about what type of boat to get, and you're planning on doing wintertime fishing, um, I would say about getting a um, you know a walk through windshield type boat. Um, it, it really, really helps out on the wintertime, big time. Um, the, the, uh, you know, the walk arounds and stuff. Um, the center consoles—they're really nice in the summer, spring, and fall. Um, you know, my, mine's more of a, a flat bottom type boat. It's only got a five-degree hole, so I call it a wet boat. Um, I get a lot of uh, splash over the side. So, uh, you know, even though I don't have windshields and stuff to block the wind, um, you know, I'm relying on my 100-mile-an-hour my gear, you know, to, to block the water and the wind also because especially when you get out two- and three-foot swells, um, you, you can get very wet when you're, uh, you know, out riding around in these boats. Um, and the second thing I want to touch on is, is some good uh, fishing gear. Um, for for your outerwear, um, what I decided to get, um, we, we went two ways. We got the the, the fray bills for Leanne. Um, she she gets a lot colder than I do most of the time. Um, even though she can wear stuff under, she needed that extra warmth. Um, so we got the fray bill outerwear, and I got the hundred mile an hour suit. Uh, don't have the liner yet. I just wear some uh, a sweatshirt underneath, something like that. But uh, it, it really helps to have this uh, Gore-Tex type gear when you're out fishing in the wintertime. If you haven't uh, got it yet, that's one thing that uh, saving up, uh, you know, three or four hundred dollars for. It, it's one of the best investments I made was the uh, hundred mile an hour suit. <coughs> So I suggest everybody uh, save up, uh, get them one of those if you're going to be out in the 20, 30, you know, low 40 degree temps fishing all day, riding around in the boat. It really blocks the wind really well. Um, the uh, the the solar bat bat mask, 
Um, I've been, I've got to use it, you know, a good four or five times already. It does very well with the, uh, the flip up lenses. So, um, you know, you don't have to have them down all the time. It's really easy to put on and take off. Uh, it's really comfortable around the eyes and everything. You don't, at first you think you have to tighten it very tight. Um, you know, but soon, as soon as you start feeling tension, uh, if you Velcro it, it's not going anywhere. It stays on perfect. You can throw your hood over it. Um, and, and I, I don't get cold at all with it on anymore. I was, uh, been, you know, having to use a motorcycle helmet here and there when it got down in the thirties, those motorcycle helmets roll around the boat. You don't have nowhere to put them. Um, this little bat mask, you know, it, it comes in a small little, uh, case comes with an amber lens and a, a smoke lens, um, easy to put away. So, um, and, and for boots, um, this year I, I invested in some muck boots, they, um, which I should have done a few years ago. I've heard good things about them. I've bought other brands with the, uh, you know, the thousand grand thinsulates and all this. And, um, you know, nothing kept my feet warm like these muck boots do. These these different brands I bought with this Thinsulate stuff and all that. I don't know what muck boots use, but it's um it's a world of difference on my feet. My feet get cold really easy with the circulation I've got with my bad back and all. Um, I have no problem with my feet anymore. I just I can sit comfortably in the boat all day with no problems. Real quick. Uh... If you don't have kids and and you've took your nephews or nieces out, you can post pictures of that. Just don't be going on the internet and going on the internet and finding some picture of a kid and throwing it on there and wanting to try to win. That's all I ask is make sure it's somebody that you know would actually wear it and 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 you know does catfish that you take you'll take out you know on a semi regular basis, I guess. Hey, if you take them out one time and you 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 be taking them out again, you get them on fish, they're gonna want to go. By the way, we've already had like three or four people post pictures on our Facebook page with uh, pictures of their kids, so I appreciate it. That's that's quick and awesome. Absolutely. But yeah, the uh, did you have anything else on on the gear there or anything, Chuck, or do you want to move it along and? Well, that that's a, the most important parts to me is the, um, you know, the the outerwear, the boots, um, you know, the the bat mask, and the uh, you know getting a good boat with uh, some windshields. Uh, I'm gonna have to come up with something. I, I love my little center console, but you know it's hard to get out there and uh, you know run in the the 30 degree weather wide open down the lake and, and stay in that boat all day. You, you can, you can put a heater in front of you and fire it up. The, uh, you know, the, you have to huddle right around the heater just to get a little bit of heat. It really don't do any good. The heater's in the way when you're trying to catch fish. Um, you know, I, I might go, I might go a different route in the next couple of years and get one with windshields, but, um, I don't think I'll be getting rid of this boat I got. I'll be keeping it probably forever. But, um, you know, getting one with a, a nice walk-through windshield is a big plus for winter fishing. That's all um, I got. Anthony Robinette asked if there's an age limit on the kids. Try to – I'd like them to be, you know, 16. 
under 16 or so, but, you know, post whatever you got. That's right. Keep them coming, any and all of them. But uh, moving on, Lyle, you got some things to throw into there? And well, there, there's a lot of things as far as keeping yourself warm and different things. Um, uh, we're fortunate that uh, our boat has a, an enclosure, and, and you can actually zip it up all the way around you if you want. We usually don't put the back of it on. If the sun is shining, it's uh, it's really warm in there coming through that plastic, and you can't have it all done up. And if it's not shining, a little heater uh, doesn't take much at all to warm that thing up in there. Because you know it, it just doesn't. But you know everybody don't have that. And and Chuck was talking about the hundred mile an hour suit. Uh, we have Fraybill suits. They are are very nice. Uh, they're windproof. I can usually get enough clothes on to keep my body warm. As you can see, I've got my whisker wear stuff on tonight, and this hoodie is extremely warm, by the way. Uh, but you know you layer up and, and make sure that you've got everything that you. You need to stay warm, and I usually don't put a bunch of it on until until uh, right before I crawl in the boat and uh, get as warm as I can. Uh, I'm I'm with Chuck on the the feet thing. Uh, if my feet get cold, I'm usually very miserable. I don't like to go anywhere uh, if my feet are cold. We uh, I have a pair of boots that are 1,200 grams Thinsulate. They have a liner two different ones that you can use to put in there and I'm not sure what the brand is I believe they are Brownings but I'm not 100% on that but that's the only thing that I've ever found to keep my feet warm now they're not tall they only come up about 10-12 uh, inches but my feet do not get cold in them they do not sweat in them if they do they don't get cold so uh, I like that um, I, I'm anxious to try out the solar bat mask I haven't got a chance to yet but with the weather we've had around here, you wouldn't be going out much anyhow unless you're Jason Athena or Jason Jackson, some of them really, really tough guys. Uh, I'm not like that. Um, have your boat serviced or do it yourself. Make sure everything is, is correct. You don't want to have wheel bearing problems on your trailer in the wintertime. You don't want to sit down there and it fall off of the trailer when you're unloading it and, and it not uh, start. You know, Make sure that everything on it is good to go. Uh, if you're not been using it for a while, put some stable in it or some kind of something to keep your gas up to speed. Uh, there's a lot of little things like that that you can do uh, that needs to be done. Uh, we use our boat enough usually through the winter that uh, I don't worry about the gas. Um, you know, we haven't used it since Alabama now, but you know, a month shouldn't, I hope it doesn't make any difference. But, uh, you know, normally we're out at least once or twice every month uh, getting things ready to go or going out and checking the river or just riding up and down the river. But most of the time we're fishing or looking for bait or something, and uh, that, that works out really good for us. Um, I Make sure, that if there's nothing else you do, make sure that you have the best life preserver that you can afford whether it be an auto-inflate, auto uh, a kind that straps on. Uh, in the winter time, in, in these conditions that people are fishing right now, as far as I'm concerned, having the best life jacket that you can afford is the smartest thing you can do. You may never use that thing, but you only need it once and not have it, and you'll be in trouble. So try to bear that in mind and, and uh, 
uh, I think that's good advice. Some people may agree or disagree with me, but uh, I really believe that, uh, and, I, and I don't wear mine like I should, but uh, at least have it where you can get a hold of it if something would go wrong. I mean, uh, I forgot to put plugs in the boat. There's a million things that can happen, so make sure you have those. Uh, I can't think of anything else as far as safety stuff, just, you know, other than be prepared. You don't want to be halfway doing it. You want to you want to have all your stuff in order, uh, check it all over the night or the day before you go and make sure everything's working and you're not going to have any issues and you should be fine. All right. That's good info. I, I'll, I'll just add to all that a little bit, I guess, in my thing and my thought process on it all is uh, um, always have a spare set of clothes in the back of your truck. Great idea. Um you never know if if it might not supposed to rain. It might be that you fall in. It might be that you get wet from spray. Um, but on the cold days, um, you can't be in wet clothes. And and you could either take that chance where you go back to your truck, get changed, and go back out on the water, or you can, you know, go back and and get changed, on, you know, on your ride home or whatever. But if if you get cold and you get wet or whatever, then don't don't sit out there and think oh I'll just tough it out until we're done fishing and you know that, that's how you're gonna get yourself hurt you know get sick uh, you know possibly even get to the point where you have frostbite or, or something like that especially with as cold as it is now because I know that you know this this time of year this real cold weather and stuff it can be some of the best fishing there is and you know it can really push you to get out on the water and take chances that you shouldn't take um, so a lot of it is is thinking what's more important, you know, catching that fish or you you staying alive. So um, try to try to take that into consideration when you're out there and you and if you if you do get cold or wet or anything, don't be afraid to just call it a day and, and get back to the truck and get yourself warmed up. Uh, make sure that your fuel in your truck is not down below like a quarter of a tank. Uh, it can be possible that your fuel has water in it, it can freeze, have a hard time running in real cold weather, and, and you might be SOL on, on getting home or or something like that. So, or you get to driving down the road and you get, you know, down the bottom of your gas tank and find out that there's a big ice cube down there is not really that much gas. Um, I've heard of that stuff happening. So, uh, making sure that you have a good half a tank of gas or more uh, is a good idea. Having the extra set of clothes. Um, I even keep a bunch of the, uh, the, the hand warmers and things in the backs of my seat in my truck. Uh, I try to have some of those on the boat as well. Um, definitely layering up, um, you know, especially on the days where it can be, you know, oh, it's going to be 55 degrees, and then you don't realize that it's not going to get 55 until 6 o'clock, and it's going to be 28 for the most of the day. Um, yeah, make sure your first aid kit isn't waterlogged. Uh, make sure you have a first aid kit. Uh, having um, even an emergency kit inside your truck is a good idea. Um, also, I would say the, um, for, for instance, the Bass Pro 100 mile per hour suit, uh, something like that, people are going to look at and they're going to say, there is no way I'm going to spend four to $500 on a suit. 
Here's one thing I, I don't have one, and I'm and I really you know I'm really gonna get one. I, I'm I'm definitely gonna get one. It's just getting that money up to do it. I'm, I'm saving on it now. Hopefully, if I win a tournament or something, it'll help me on that. But from what I've heard, talking to people at the boat ramps and and reading the stories online and stuff, having that hundred mile per hour Bass Pro suit. If anything at all goes wrong with that suit, you walk into Bass Pro with or without your receipt, and they are going to take care of it. That that stuff is so high end, and it's lo and it's logoed with their with their name of their shop, the Bass Pro 100 mile per hour suit. That it, it has a I believe they have a lifetime warranty on them, and you can bring them a 10 year old suit. And I've and I've heard this and read this in different places. You can bring them a 10 year old suit that's just starting to leak in a zipper. And they will either send it into the company, and and they'll send you out a, a fixed jacket, or if they don't have that, they'll send you a brand new one. And that's with or without a receipt because it has a lifetime warranty, and it's already a Bass Pro suit, so they know it came from them. Um, and, and there's even guys that have bought them, you know, through secondhand stores and things like that. They didn't realize that, you know, it came with that lifetime warranty. It doesn't matter where you get it from. You look at uh, the Bargain Cave and stuff on Cabela's or Bass Pro website. Uh, they have you know lots of deals and things like that going on. Um, you hey, can find them. Go ahead. I'll touch on you when you said that Bargain Cave stuff. Now I don't know that it's still there. It may or may not be, but if anybody's interested in it, we bought the Fraybill suits, which is. I'm not going to say it's the same thing because none of them are the same, but it's a similar deal to keep you warm and protected from the elements uh, in, in wet, hazardous conditions. Uh, those things was on sale at Cabela's in the bargain bin section for, I believe it was $189 top and bottom there, the gray and yellow ones. We got those. Uh, very, very satisfied with them. Uh, I mean, just absolutely thrilled with them so anybody that's looking for something like that that does not want to spend the three or four hundred dollars if they are still there it's worth taking a look at yeah and some of the other things in chat that people are saying is if you suspect ice coming down the river always go up river so you can get in front of the ice and then get back to the ramp um, having a cell phone charger on your boat is a good idea very good um, they even make basically this thing right here. It's a thing you can take out on the boat and you plug into your phone with your cable. So all you got to bring is your cable, and your your cable you can plug you can plug your phone into this, and this is basically supposed to chart you know chart insta charge or rapid charge your phone. Um, so you know if you don't have a uh, a dedicated um, you know, wire that you connected to your battery in your boat to charge your phone or anything like that. You could always buy one of these. They're between ten and twenty-five dollars. Uh, most like Walgreens things like that will have them. Um, Walmart. Captain Scott Manning had told us uh, a while back that I hadn't got to, and I don't want to forget it. He mentioned that uh, Mancota has their battery chargers on sale. There's nothing worse than getting out and having a dead battery. I went through that in Alabama uh, in some pretty tough conditions, not as tough as they would be now. But if you have those onboard chargers and one's not working or you're interested in buying them, they are at a discounted rate right now. would be a good time to take a look at those. 
<laughs> oh, right. and Robert Tallman sent me a message that he's been out of power since 10 a.m. He's sorry he couldn't be with the show. He'll try to catch us next week. That right there was the, the Minkota four-bank charger. I also just ordered the three-bank charger because, believe it or not, I do have six and seven batteries on my boat. Yeah, boy. <laughs> did Lyle give you a raised foot? I didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I got a race from Lyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wear I wore that pretty lipstick he likes. And get that <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> you know, you was talking a minute ago about the guys posting the pictures. I just went over to Facebook a minute ago, and it's unbelievable the pictures that these guys have put on there in just a short amount of time of these kids. Now, people, these guys spend the time to take these kids out. Justin Browning has got some great pictures that he posted these kids. Anthony Robinette and his son's got some pictures on there. Scott Manning's put pictures on there. Several others, because they're not all where I can see them. They're, they didn't all actually hit the... The, the update on the on the Catfish Weekly webpage. These are outstanding pictures. These guys spend their time taking their not only their kids, but other kids out for fishing. And, and I know these guys are teaching these kids the right way to do things and to, to release the big fish and keep the little ones to eat and things like that. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, uh, Justin... I don't. I understand those are not your children, and and that is so good that you will spend your time and take those kids out there. It is just a wonderful thing to do, and it's 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 so rewarding to see them guys catch them fish. And and if one of them gets a good fish, let them put it back in the water. And I'm telling you, they'll smile the rest of the week. They just love not only catching them but putting them back and watching them swim away. That's awesome, you guys. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jason Malone also says wear the nitrile gloves under your regular gloves to keep dry. Uh, that also helps. There's a lot of reasons that you can do that. If you're using slimy bait, livers and whatnot, keeps your hands clean. End of the trip, you don't have all that crap all over your hands. Uh, so who's washing the gloves when you're done? Washing the gloves? Yeah, you're going to take them put them in your uh, wash machine at the house? No, the nitrile gloves, you just throw them away. No, after you cut bait on them. After any gloves. I don't care what kind they are. <laughs> the nitrile gloves are basically latex gloves, and you just throw them away. The ones on the outside ain't. If you're cutting bait and they get kind of nasty, do you take them home and put them in your wash machine? I Yeah, I will. Okay. I just, <laughs> I just throw them behind the seat of my truck. Atta boy. <laughs> I, I've done that and forgot about them, too. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's funny. You'll remember they're in there. <laughs> yeah, have have an extra set of gloves on the boat. Um, you, you know, you guys that are on on chat here, you know, you got some good ideas. You you know a lot of what we're talking about. Um, see, yeah, he's Ron said it's a good thing to have. You've had plenty of times where batteries go bad on the boat. It's nice to have six and seven batteries on there. Well, we've talked about this before, and Ron Streeter says in Marine Radio, 
you know, I don't have one. Every year I say I'm going to get one. Ricky Bracken told me years ago that was probably one of the most important things a guy should have on his boat, uh, especially in the St. Louis area or anywhere that has the amount of barge traffic they have down there. And I forget or I just neglect to do it. That is is one of the things that that at some point should be on. I'm not saying it should be mandatory because I don't like them making me do things I don't want to do. But it is an extremely important thing. They can get a hold of you. You can get a hold of them. Uh, and if you have trouble, you can get a hold of the lock or the Corps of Engineers, whoever, and, and get yourself some help. So uh, that is a very, very good consideration. Jason Kentner said, if uh, the high-dollar suits aren't in your budget right now, don't overlook the local military surplus stores, uh, the old field jackets with liners to the more modern Gore-Tex-type suits. Great idea. Um, you know, they, yeah, you know, our military—they've—they've they've been overseas and in definite cold situations and things, and them jackets were all they had, so they were—they were made to, to be very well protective and insulated and things like that. So, uh, just find the ones that you can tell are definitely insulated and gonna gonna work for you. And and if I, I do know that like a lot of army surplus stores, you might you might have think they've completely disappeared. Uh, normal, you know, a lot of times they were in their own store. Uh, around here lately, I've noticed that they've no longer, like even in the little tiny towns and stuff where they used to have uh, just a little store or something like that, they, they just haven't been, I guess, doing good enough to, to thrive there. So one of the places that I'm finding them now is at flea markets. Um, you go to some of the flea markets, you'll find a couple of the booths there that are just, it's full of the military surplus stuff. So it's basically where they took their stores and they just moved them into... I guess something a little more cost-effective. Rena Stitcher says it's her job to make sure they don't run out of snacks. I'm saying hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is no question in my mind that if there ain't something to eat in that boat, I ain't going. It's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, make sure somebody always knows exactly where you're going to be at, where you're going, uh, what time you should be back, uh, you know, Call you know being and this is something that I, I was bad at and I've been working on with my wife too is calling her and letting her know that I made it to the place okay let her know that I'm on the water letting her know that you know, call her and let her know I'm on my way home just keeping in contact having good communication with someone is it it, it really does help a lot especially if something were to go wrong it can help put you in a, in a specific area. Um. Yeah, making sure your navigation lights. Um, yeah, there, there's a. We've we've covered a lot of good things there. I think uh, we've got you know, a lot of the a lot of the points. Go ahead. The the amount of people that has been recommending that stuff on chat tonight is is overwhelming. These guys have some of the best ideas because the three of us don't always remember everything. But when you get the amount of people and the knowledge that we have on this chat board helping us out, uh, it really makes a big difference on getting the word out about what you should or shouldn't do or have on your boat or, or whatever the subject matter is. So thank you guys. Yeah, tonight, just so people know, we have 40 people right now on chat. And I believe if we had 10 more people, I'd have to be buying another another step up in the chat room. So <laughs> I guess I, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I do appreciate how many people are logging into the chat these days, and, and it's growing every single week, I think, and 
it's awesome. It really is. It really is. But I, you know, we none of us had an idea this was going to be the deal it is, and we have we have a lot of fun doing it, and people are enjoying it, and that's what makes it uh, the best for me. And uh, you know, we get some different guests on here. We've had Daryl and Jason Massengill and Jeff Dodd. My God, how much better could you have than that? And Casey and uh, Casey Tudoro and John Lamasters. I mean. Uh, We've had some of the biggest names in catfishing on here now. You know, I'm hoping to get some of them guys back. I, I, I would, you know, I don't want to get off subject here unless you guys are done. But uh, I got a message the other day from one of my heroes that asked me to build him a rod. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for that. Uh, it means so much to me. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're about done for the night. So, um, Chuck, if you have any closing statements or anything, you can go ahead. I'm good for tonight. All right, Lyle. Well, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this weekend. We are scheduled to have a Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament the 21st, which is Saturday. Um, I am not going to say that we're not going to have it at this point, but it's looking very bleak. Uh, the boat ramp is a mess. There's no way to get it cleaned off unless everybody gets out there and shovels it and salts it. And uh, we're talking about below zero temperature or near zero temperature uh, for a couple of days. Um, Alex and I will talk about it. We've already talked about it some. Uh, I know that uh, Ken Freeman has postponed his tournament in, in Paducah. And uh, please understand that safety has to be the number one priority. Nobody ever wants to cancel a tournament, and if we ever thought that there would be a chance that we wouldn't be able to have one, we wouldn't set them up on that date. Nobody would, but you can't predict the weather uh, that far in advance. But uh, if it's to the point where it's not safe to go, then that tournament will be canceled. As it stands right now, it's on uh, Wednesday, prob Wednesday or Thursday. Probably Wednesday will be the determining factor. Um, before the show, we was all on the show, and I got a call from Jason Jackson. He says it's it's going to be nearly impossible to do. So Jason lives right there. He works on the river. Jason Mathien, I talked to him today. He is also works right on the river, and they know what's going on. So uh, uh, bear with us if, if we don't make this, and we'll try to do something else and, and uh, get something going on as quick as we can. I know everybody's wanting to get out, but... If it's not safe to do, it's just not safe to do. And the last thing we want is for somebody to get hurt. So uh, uh, be watching Twisted Cat Outdoors Forum or Facebook, and we'll we'll make it as public uh, knowledge to as many people as we possibly can as soon as we make a decision. Um, I want to thank Jacob for being on the show tonight. Son, we're so proud of you. You have no idea. You're doing an outstanding job. You as a natural on the show. Uh, I would like to see us get Milan and and uh, the other kids on here uh, soon. There, there is another young man that, that's not a member of this um, that I would like to visit with sometime. I've tried to visit with him. We just missed each other. I'd like to visit with him in person. Uh, Carson Acock, he is a, him and his dad fish a lot. He is an outstanding guy. He does really nice baseball stuff. Uh, he, he does catfishing for the right reasons, and, and um, if I can ever get a chance to, to sit down with you and visit with you, Carson, I sure would like to do that. Um, I, I think that's everything I got tonight, Chris. All right. 
Yeah, again, I'll, I'll thank everybody that showed up in chat. Like I said, we have 40 people on the chat. Um, it's one of the one of the biggest chats we've had. So thank you to all you guys. Uh, thanks to to Jacob for coming on. He did a great job uh, for his parents for for raising a good kid and and allowing him to be part of the pro staff, the junior pro staff position, taking him out doing the fishing stuff and and uh, just getting him involved. Um, I, I want to let everybody know that I, I've had a few comments and things about us constantly talking about conservation. Um, I know it's not something that everybody wants to hear about all the time, but it is something that's important. It's something that with the um, exposure that we have, it, it's really it would almost be irresponsible of us not to, to mention as much as we are, especially during times of things uh, that are right when it's going on. And right now, the big thing that's going on is the Bay Catfish uh, Advocate. You know, they're trying to exterminate certain species down there. Uh, so that's the reason we're really hitting it hard. And, you know, and when you know we're we're trying to have people on, we're going to have more guests on. Uh, we're gonna, we're probably going to do some pre-recorded shows. Maybe get out with some some top guys and and re record some uh, some stuff like that to have on the shows and things like that. Uh, we're definitely looking to to always be entertaining and informative on the show. Uh, so just uh, just keep that in mind and under and be understanding with the reason why we're talking about these things and you know even help out if you can. If we're asking for help, that's because it's needed. Um, so that in mind, everybody knows that there's uh, the 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 ads that are available on the on the website. You can get a hold of me and get one of those set up. I can help you create an ad if you don't have one. Um, Thank you to everybody who's already done it. Remember to get on next week's giveaway for well for for this week's giveaway next week we'll draw it. But all you got to do is have a picture of uh, a child, a kids, sixteen, seventeen, under any kid really, but younger the better, um, and post it on our Facebook page. Uh, that will get you entered, and we'll try to we'll, we'll draw a winner for a kid's uh, whisker wear apparel hoodie next week. Hey. Chris, what's that? I noticed that Richie Blakely is on chat tonight. He has sent me some outstanding pictures of his son, and I wish that he would uh, be so kind as to put a couple of those up on Catfish Weekly, uh, a page on Facebook. Uh, his son has has laid out some absolute great fish, and these need to be showcased. He's a great fisherman, and, and uh, people need to see what this boy does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, uh, the last thing I guess I'll have will be that the um, Indianapolis Boat Sport and Travel Show will be starting, I believe, this Friday. Um, I'll pretty much be manning the booth down there, except for Monday, Tuesday, and I think it's like the 24th, which is our awards banquet. Uh, for the rest of the time, I'll probably be there. Um, I'm hoping to have whisker wear apparel stuff there for sale. Also, some Indiana Catfish Association. It's an ICA booth. Uh, they'll be doing seminars every day. Um, my seminar will be on the 27th. I'll be doing a seminar on the 27th. I'm not sure of the time. I'll let you guys know next week. Um, but yeah, there's going to be an ICA booth at the Indie Boat Sport and Travel Show. I believe it's nine days. It's going on from. 
um, this next this coming up Friday all the way through the first, I believe. Might even be longer than nine days. I'm not p positive there, but anyway, there's uh, going to be some seminars going on every day by the ICA talking about catfishing. Uh, we'll have a booth set up. We'll have some flyers to give away, uh, information about the uh, ICA and and the tournament schedule and all that for the ICA. Uh, there's some new changes to rules and things that I talked about. I believe a couple either last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, so if you have any questions or you're going to be out there, you know, stop by and say hello. I'll be there most of the time. So uh, just stop by and say hi or whatever, and I look forward to seeing you. And uh, since I'm not going to be out there and fishing, I guess you can fish in my spot this week. 